Welcome back. This is the Hammerdown Show, 1017 The Hammer and 1017thehammer.com. Don't forget the 1017 The Hammer mobile app free in the App Store. Let's pop on over to the Hammerhead Hotline right now. And uh, Kate Nelson from uh, Delphi Bracketology is on with us. Uh, normally we have uh, Tonsoni on here, but, uh, you know, it's the IU thing. We get in it too much. So uh, we go to one of his uh, prize pupils here in uh, Kate. Cade, welcome to the program, man. Uh, I love everything you guys have been working on over there. The TV show's been great. Uh, I, I love the website and everything, too. Uh, before we get started and, and break down what you guys have, uh, you know, lately here, uh, talk a little bit about if folks want to check out Delphi Bracketology, you guys got a great website, right? What, what's the website? Yeah, our website is DelphiBracketology.com. So it's super easy, and I know you guys do all kinds of write-ups on teams and everything, too. And you guys update this pretty regularly as well, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, I think it's every week we put out a, um, a conference report, and we have a lot of guys that are working hard on those as well. Which is awesome. So, again, these guys have been one of the most accurate in the country over the last several years now. I mean, better than some of the big weeks making six figures. Uh, you guys, shouldn't you be making the six figures? You guys are getting it right. These other guys are getting it wrong, man. Shouldn't you guys be getting paid like that? Yeah, I definitely think that would really be nice for, <laughs> for the group and Mr. Tonsoni as well. Uh, oh, no, we don't have to cut him in. It's all for you guys. We're in an NIL word world, man. All right, come on. you got to maximize this stuff. He don't need yeah, no more you're money. Yeah, right. you're right. All right, so, so let's get into it. The big question that obviously we have here locally, Cade, is uh, where is Purdue going to end up? I know you guys just did a recent uh, projection uh, what, yesterday with the show and everything, too. So where do you guys have Purdue at right now and why? Yeah, right now we have Purdue at a two seed, and I think the biggest thing that puts them on the two seed right now is their non-conference strength of schedule being in the 200s, and they're really the only team in the top uh, two seeds that have that 200 strength of schedule. So, you know, they have the wins to be a one seed, and you could definitely make an argument for them to be a one seed. But for us right now, it is that strength of schedule being so high that we think really sets them uh, aside and, which is kind of crazy because that, that's usually when we talk about strength of schedule in the conference and it being kind of poor we think about indiana right i mean that's that's the one that usually comes to mind around here uh but you're saying Purdue's is just not very it's very lackluster and that's i'll be honest with you, that's a little surprising because i didn't think it was that bad but you're saying it is yeah i think that like you like you said indiana and purdue especially it's just the fact that you know, some of these other teams like Gonzaga or Arizona or Kansas in the one seed have been scheduling these non-conference games um, that are a little bit harder to build, you know, and to build their resume and to be able to win. It just it looks even better for a team like Arizona and Gonzaga that can win those games instead of um, a team like Michigan where they still schedule uh, a really good schedule, but then they wind up losing a couple as well. It just it can it can help you and hurt you as well with uh, scheduling how Purdue did. So it hasn't really balanced out enough here where you say, hey, look, you know, we got wins against North Carolina, Villanova. Those were, you know, top uh, 15 teams. Villanova was fifth in the country. But then you turn around and you play Omaha, and that stuff you're saying just doesn't balance out as much as uh, Purdue fans might think it does. Right, right. And especially when, um, you know, you're not constantly playing – uh, these great teams. I mean, obviously they are playing in the Big Ten is such an amazing conference where almost every week you're playing a team that is uh, ranked in the top 25 or nearly ranked in the top 25. But it is those games that, you know, 
aren't necessarily as notable as some other games that they would play that just kind of, you know, makes the committee and ourselves uh, shy away from wanting to to put Purdue any higher than they're at right now. We're talking with Cade Nelson, a junior over there, Delphi Bracketology here on the Hammerhead Hotline. I'm glad you brought up Gonzaga because it seems like Gonzaga does the inverse here. They they have a pretty solid non-conference schedule, but then the WCC's kind of, I mean, St. Mary's out there, and, and that's cute and all, but other than that, I mean, they're not playing a conference schedule like teams are in, in the Big Ten, uh, but it seems like that they get a little bit more of the benefit of the doubt uh, in, in that formula then, huh? Yeah, definitely, because, you know, when when you look at teams like on our spreadsheet, you kind of just quickly base it off the eye test mm-hmm. and looking at the smaller numbers, you obviously like to see those in the strength of schedule uh, column. But just the fact that Gonzaga has been able to um, only have losses in quad one instead of, you know, losing games in quad two or any really, really any other quads, just the fact that they've been able to, um, you know, schedule – outside of their conference, good games to build their resume, those, those strong games, um, so, it, so they're not the team that kind of gets stuck with playing in that not-so-good a conference where they can still be able to pick up quality wins the committee likes to see. Look, do you do you like this net system? I get into it with Mr. Tonsoni every now and then. I, I just think there, there's some things in it that I absolutely hate. Like, you look at Houston, who's sitting at 0-3 in quad one, just three games in quad one that they played – and yet, that's way better than a Purdue team that's what seven and three. You got several teams that have won. I mean, Kansas is right behind them, ten and four. It feels like they don't get rewarded. Uh, at, what ten and four, and then six and zero oh in quad two versus Houston, who's zero oh and three in quad one and seven and one in quad two. Yeah, I, I just feel like I don't know that I like this system. I thought I did originally, but now I'm starting to look at some of these quad one, quad two, and then who's ranked higher than who. How much? How much is lent to your net ranking when you guys are uh, establishing these seeds right now? I think that we try to group teams off of their resume first. So, like, the games they've won and the games they've played, we look at that first. And then we use the net to kind of decipher where a team should be, like, on the one seed. So we have teams that are, like, are winning these quality games, and then we'll have teams one uh, four, maybe seven, nine, those, those nets. And then we'll use those to kind of move them around. So if you have a higher net than another team, or I'm sorry, a lower net uh, than another team, you're going to be placed a little bit higher on that seed line. But going into what you said about not really liking the net, I don't, I don't think it is very helpful to a team like Providence where, you know, they're winning quality games, mm-hmm. but the fact that they're so close in the score that that net doesn't really um, show in their favor of being where normally it would be in the single digits with a team like Houston, where they're not really winning these big games, but they still are able to have a, a, a relatively low net, which I think just kind of throws us off a little bit, makes our job, our job a little bit harder. And the, that's one of the annoying, ticky-tacky things about bracketology that just makes it so much fun. Because yeah, there's a stat for everything these days. I, I, I yeah. see people tweet out all kinds. And it's, it's not just a Ken Palm thing, but there's some kind of luck quote. I mean, there's all kinds of ridiculous stuff that somebody will go, hey, look, our team's really good at, and, and people try to take in consideration, and it's, uh, it's kind of crazy. Kate Nelson talking with us here from Delphi Bracketology on the Hammerhead Hotline. Let's get to the Big Ten, Kate. How many teams do you guys have after your recent run 
into the tournament. How many bubble teams are we looking at as well? We have about eight teams in right now, with those bubble teams being Michigan and Rutgers. And I think this conference is just so strong this year that there might even be a case to be nine teams in. That might be a bit of a stretch with um, Indiana being on the brink of the bubble as well with them uh, out of our bracket right now. But definitely Indiana, um, Rutgers, and Michigan being those teams on the bubble with the fact that, you know, Michigan and Indiana especially needing more quad one wins to be any higher on the bracket than we have them right now. And then Rutgers, like we, get, like we said, going back to that net, their net definitely needs to um, get better so they can move up as well. You think in your heart of hearts when it's all said and done, you think Rutgers gets in. They're the most intriguing, I think, in, in the Big Ten because you know, with the recency of what they've done has been awfully impressive, but you also have to go back and remember just how horrible uh, the beginning of the year was for them. I know they've got a quad three and a quad four loss there. Started out real, real bad, but boy, you can't deny they're one of the hotter teams, uh, at least in this month. Uh, in uh, NCAA basketball, do you think Rutgers really has that good shot, and do you think they ultimately end up getting in? I, I definitely think they have a good chance of getting in, and I personally would like to see them get in, and I definitely think they can, you know, being so hot right now and being able to pick up all these crazy wins against these really strong Big Ten teams. But I think the biggest thing that the committee will look at to kind of uh, take a knock on Rutgers is their net, like I said before, and then their non-conference strength of schedule is in the 300s, which is not really where you want to see a team, uh, you know, be in the tournament with a non-conference strength of schedule like that. But I think if they are able to pick up a few more wins here in the in the later end of the season, I definitely think they have a strong case to be in. And I I really there's a I really there's a small uh, chance or small thing in me I can't remember the word. But I think they're going to get in. We've got to, the gut. The gut tells it. you you're in. Yes. Okay. Yeah, definitely. How about uh, the last one I'll ask you, because we know they're on the bubble, but, you know, riding a five-game win streak, obviously have to uh, get wins here in three of the last four to even have a chance. It's, it's the Hoosiers. Uh, we, we talked about the non-conference. You know, they didn't leave. Uh, they get the wins. They don't, you know, really get away from Assembly Hall. Uh, they've lost those last five, uh, three, uh, what is it, four of those last five were against ranked teams. Does Indiana have enough good wins, you think, to get them off the bubble and into the field? Um, right now, I think they, to me, they definitely need one or two more here at the end of the season here. Just because a win over Purdue and uh, Ohio State, both at home, those definitely are good wins for them. But for other teams like Rutgers that have those five quad one wins, just puts Indiana, it kind of, Rutgers kind of overshadows Indiana to make them look like the lesser team when really I think Indiana has a chance, like I said, if they can get a couple more quad one wins. Well, Maryland, Minnesota, uh, Rutgers, and Purdue, there's definitely uh, a couple that you should be uh, pretty darn tight in. Rutgers and Purdue be a little bit uh, tighter than they would like. Uh, but it's certainly possible. Cade from uh, Delphi Bracketology. Again, the website's tremendous. They have all kinds of great write-ups, conference write-ups, too. They've got the show on ISC, and uh, you guys also stream that on YouTube, too, right? Yes, yeah. So uh, Our YouTube, I think, is Delphi Bracket. Yeah, well, it's all on the website. I do know that. So if you just go to the yeah. website, which uh, hit them again one more time with the website. 
Delphibractology.com. It's that simple, and they have a just treasure trove of great stuff for you to read up on, see if your favorite teams are making it in. And, uh, again, one of the more accurate bracket clubs in America. Uh, you'll love reading them. Kate, hey, it's a pleasure talking with you, my man. This is all great stuff. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for having me.